Hello and welcome back to the Style Stories podcast with me, your host, personal stylist, Lisa Gilby. This is a podcast that discusses style, image and fashion. I use my years as a personal stylist to bring tips and tricks to help you to navigate through all the vast choice in the shops and really get to a style that is authentic for you. It's just no wonder people get confused in the shops with so much vast choice. All you need to do is take a little bit of time working out what really works for you and that's what this podcast is all about. Today's episode is the October monthly mashup and I am joined by two local fellow stylists Sally and Sarah and we are discussing everything from how we shop, feeling guilty when we shop, maybe hiding clothes in the wardrobe that we've bought, how what we do is completely different to the online mail order styling companies like Stitch Fix and Lucero and people like that and how you need a more of an inside out approach to getting dressed and finding your personal style. The main topic of the show today is talking about work dress codes. There is a new dress code in town. The media are coining it power casual. We all think it's just exactly the same as smart casual. So what is power casual and smart casual and how can you achieve that? Before I get into the main part of the show with Sally and Sarah, I just wanted to do a shout out to some of my listeners. I've had a few nice reviews lately. I just wanted to mention Vanna B, Professional 85, RLC 80 and Ev Evie in New York. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to leave me a review on here. It really does mean the world to me. I'm just going to read two of them out. So First of all, Professional85, she left me a review on Apple Podcasts. As a fellow advertising stylist myself, I rarely look at my own style. Reminds us all we should take time out for ourselves. Love this podcast. Thank you so much, Professional85. And then also as well, I've got a review from New York. So this is Ev Evie in New York. She says, I just heard the podcast on how your clothes send messages. You are so authentic, honest and real. You are strong and gentle in your messages. I'm a fan. Hugs from New York. And hugs back to you. Thank you so, so much. It's great to get these reviews. I do these podcasts hoping that I am helping in some way. And this is why I ask for you guys to write in and tell me things that you'd like me to cover on the podcast. So I've had a couple of people write in. Someone asked me to do one on shoes, what shoes and boots to wear with certain outfits. So that's in the pipeline at some point. I've also been contacted by someone else also in America who is six foot tall and she really can't find cute tops. So all the tops that she buys tend to be too short for her and it's really frustrating. So she wants some advice on brands and things like that. So that's going to be in the pipeline, probably not till next year now, but they're in the pipeline. So I'm always looking for ideas. If you've got any ideas about what you'd like me to cover on the podcast, send me an email, lisa at lisagilbystyle.com. And now on with the main part of the show. So it's the monthly mashup again, and I'm delighted to say that Sarah and Sally have both joined me again for this month's monthly mashup, where we're going to be talking mostly about work dress codes and the new dress code that the media are touting, which is called Power Casual. So I've got Sarah from Sartoria Lab, hello, Sally from Queen Bee Styling, both hi, hi, both local stylists. 
Sarah deals mostly, she helps mostly men, but you do star women as well. And they're both local to me here in South East London. And I'm going to put their details in the show notes. You can find them by clicking on the links I'm going to put below in the show notes. So thanks, ladies. Thanks so much for joining me again. What's been going on? I just wanted to kick off with the country is in a bit of a state and um, I don't know what the hell is going on and we're all doomed. Let's discuss. <laughs> and, how, and how the wardrobe can change oh, it like, yeah. and make life better. Yeah. yeah. Do, okay. do you think a well-tailored slip dress can save Liz Trust? No. No, I don't. I don't think I don't think anything can save Liz Trust, unfortunately. So, yeah, it can save us, though, because we can dress in nice clothes and escape to another world where it's all (laughs) nice and (laughs) not like this. Not confused. Exactly. Exactly. It does beggar the point because we joke, but actually, you know, seriousness and style isn't mutually exclusive. I know like there's I think there is this tendency to think oh you know they're a serious person like they don't worry about style but actually I think it's it's all it's not mutually exclusive I think you can be serious and you know and care about your career and care about your style I mean it's yeah it's not going to stop you messing up the country necessarily but actually you know I, I don't think it should be neglected either Mm, I think it's quite a British thing that though that you don't really care about style what that that I've noticed because I think like Italians and French seem to think it's part of even Americans I think sometimes sort of feel like it's part of their you know their whole outlook and their job and how they appear to everyone I just think it's that British sort of oh it's it's not cool to care about style and it's that sort of old money we look like rubbish because we can so <laughs> like my old neighbor who was um super rich but just had horses and wore her choppers and wellies and everything everywhere and her house looked to state <laughs> yeah but it's seen as yeah because they see it as sort of this frivolous this frivolous thing don't they uh, apparently one of the reasons Liz trust i'm not getting political we are keeping it light but i do want to discuss this but the re- one of the reasons that she's having a hard time is inherent sexism and snobbishness as well within the conservative party but did that make her do such a rubbish mini budget though i mean how does that translate into her actions i mean yeah i I don't know i mean i'm I'm not saying that she doesn't come up against snobbishness and you know there's definitely a sort of eaten crowd but she did put that mini budget in place that was one of the first things she did and she didn't listen to people and you know, she, she needed to listen to the experts, which I don't think she did in order to get it, you know, agreed. <coughs> she didn't do that. So but it's like it's sort of, you know, the sort of fixed mindset of the British that things need to be a certain way. You know, it's kind of it's sort of that's what I was sort of getting at as well. Is that kind yeah. of, you know, you need to mm. dress, worry about clothes. It's not important. Other things are more important and all of that. But like you say, it's a good point, Sarah. The the Italians and the Spanish dress immaculately right and just you know it's like you know they really put time and effort into it don't they without seeming to feel guilty I think a lot of British people seem to sort of feel guilty about it yeah Yeah. I think you're right Sarah I think it definitely you like if you're French or Italian it's almost part of your Mm. you know the the way you are to to dress chicly and you know I'm sure it's a sweeping generalization I'm sure not all Italians look smart but generally as a nation you know I've got an Italian um brother-in-law and you know he just come turns up in a pair of chinos and a polo shirt and just looks so immaculate I don't know how he does it but he just got that little sense of style 
yeah, some sort of flair of style. But talking about guilt, because I did a podcast last week, where I was talking about hiding clothes that I buy. And my husband is working from home again today. So he's literally in the office. He can probably hear everything I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, you're I, hiding them, but actually you're probably not. <laughs> the lady on the, that was on my podcast, Teresa Claysner, who's a mindset coach. She said to me, I'm interested, Lisa, do you hide clothes when you buy them? And I admitted that I buy probably too many clothes because it's partly mm-hmm. my job. So I'm interested to know how you guys shop. But I do, I hide things. So I've got this massive puffer coat in the <laughs> wardrobe now. <laughs> hiding away because I just he'll just say oh is that new you know and then I'll have to I feel like I have to explain it and I do feel I really do feel guilty even though I've got you know I can afford it that the things that I'm buying I'm not kind of buying outside of my means and yeah. then I really really need so what about you Sarah how that's do when you- it becomes problematic well I don't have a husband or kids so I don't have anyone to answer to you see yeah. so it's only me that needs to feel guilty if I buy stuff I have to say occasionally I have um yeah well I think I sometimes don't admit to stuff uh maybe how much I've paid for stuff to friends and that um but I don't buy that many clothes see I'm probably the opposite to you I think I I've never bought that many clothes. I've always wanted the more expensive thing and I won't have many of them and I'll wear it to death um, ever since I was really quite like a teenager, I think. And the thing is, because I like clothes, it sort of sounds the opposite, but because I like clothes, I want the thing that I buy, I want to absolutely, completely and utterly fall in love with it. So, and there's not that many things that that happens with. So, I don't buy much because I want that to happen. I want it to sort of change my life. And obviously not everything does that. So yeah, I've, I end up not buying that much. And I have to, I've got a confession, I'm afraid girls. I don't like shopping for myself. <laughs> hate shopping. Really? really? I hate shopping, hate shopping. All my friends want to go shopping. Whenever I go on city breaks, which I've just realized last week, yeah. um, they all think it's for them. It's like a sort of relaxing thing to do. Go shopping. Can't stand it. So I don't like ambling around the shops, just looking at stuff. Hate it, which I know that sounds weird as a personal shopper, but I think it makes me quite empathetic to how my clients feel because I feel like they don't want to do it. They want that guidance and they want to get it done and they want to have that nice stuff in their wardrobe and then not have to think about it. And I'm a bit like that too. <laughs> Like, well, like you've just said, though, it's a, le- it's a leisure activity for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. It's a leisure activity. And, you know, they, they say as well, it's um, therapy, right? Retail therapy. Yeah. Now, for me, yeah. I would agree with that. But, you know, I saw Style Me Sunday, this great woman on Instagram. She's brilliant. She got a pair of yellow crocodile boots in the post. And she was stroking them sort of sarcastically saying, change my life. Make <laughs> everything better. Make all my worries go away, you know. And obviously, that boot, the pair of boots can't do that, but it it does. I think maybe I'm. Just help. I love the thrill. I love the thrill of having something yeah. new and wearing it. And you know, I do need to love it though. I do definitely. I don't buy loads of rubbish like I used to maybe when I was in my twenties. What about you, Sally? Yeah, I um, I I suppose as part of being a personal stylist, I. I'm definitely a lot more considered on what I buy 
before, when I worked as a fashion buyer, I had so many clothes go through because we used to go on trips. I used to buy clothes. I used to get samples. So, I, you know, at the end of the season, I'd sometimes have like a bin liner full of clothes that I'd just get rid of and didn't want. And and I had so many that it was almost too much dis- decisions and even, and then you end up wearing the same thing. So I think as part of this, so obviously when I set up, I had absolutely no money. So that actually taught me that I really didn't need a lot of clothes. So, and then throughout that, I, I'm I'm very considered on what I buy, but I still have to love it. But um, I try to think about what's going to last. But I think, you know, you do need some fun bits, but, but I also think, you know, I, I am probably like you've said a bit, I'm a bit of a magpie. So I am drawn to colorful things, but now I probably buy less of them, make sure that they work with the rest that's in my wardrobe. So for instance, I think it was like four years ago, there were jumpsuits all around and they were like the, the pink cool jumpsuit was everywhere. And I loved it, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy it. I bought a really lovely black one from Cos and I'm still wearing it. You know, it's a real staple part of my wardrobe that I love. It still looks modern. You know, I can wear it with so many different things. And I think mm, if I would bought the pink cooled one, I probably wouldn't be wearing that still now. So I think it's just... I think it's a balance, but it shouldn't be boring. You know, you should, clothes do change people's moods, definitely. You can take, you you can obviously all tell that with your clients, can't you? And, you know, the same for us, I think they do. If you feel crap and you got, like when you go out, it just completely ruins your day. So I think you want to be able to put on stuff that gives you a bit of power and, you know, makes you feel good. It makes you feel good, definitely. That gives you you know one thing that gives you that confidence in meetings say you've got like one you know amazing dress if you're having to do meetings and things like that and you know that you can just put that on it's a go-to that kind of thing is really really important to have in your wardrobe isn't it um but I I mean now talking to you I feel guilty because you obviously buy less than me now I feel guilty and bad sorry (laughs) make you feel bad I you know I do think everybody is different so I I it's like you know that that's the reason people come to us and not you know a bot because you know everybody's different everybody has different needs like you know you you might have different lots of different things that you do that you need different outfits for or you know you go out more or whatever so I think you have to adjust it for your lifestyle you know somebody who works in an office like Monday to Friday has a you know has a similar sort of uniform the whole time and maybe they just go out socially at the weekend so their their wardrobe tends to be the same sort of thing but then if you know someone's working from home someone's in the office someone has presentations someone travels someone has you know a varied social life someone goes walking they're going to have a bigger wardrobe and ultimately and you know so I think don't feel guilty, Lisa. It's making me feel better. Thank <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> I can do a bit better though, but you're right, lifestyle, definitely. But I, at the start of a new season, I'm the magpie. I'm the one going, oh, look at this, this. It's all new in the shops. I'm loving that, loving that. And thinking I need to add it into the wardrobe. But the main question is, do you wear it? That that's the thing. If you've got if you buy loads and you don't wear it, then that's Oh God, I do. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. see I do wardrobe edits for people Sally you can probably relate to this and you Sarah I have people who have stuff in their wardrobe with tags on yeah I, I don't have that I don't I don't have that yeah. this is like a counselling session yeah guys <laughs> no, don't do that as much I have to say yeah really yeah yeah, yeah. because they don't go shopping loads they don't generally men don't see um shopping as a sort of leisure activity um 
that you don't see very often loads of what you tend to see is a smallish wardrobe and it's all worn out and you sort of go well let's chuck most of it out and start (laughs) that's what you tend to see in men's wardrobes whereas women's so especially when I used to do a lot of women's wear you know I could be there for 10 hours and uh, (laughs) still be sorting through it oh here's another wardrobe (laughs) yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and there's more combinations and loads of things they haven't worn and yeah but men are usually different to that yeah, I think I think we're more emotion. I think women are more emotional about their clothes, which is why they can be so hard to get rid of. Because you know, the thing that made us feel fantastic three years ago suddenly doesn't have that same effect, or you know, doesn't fit us as well, or is worn out. And I think it's harder to get rid of it because we've got that emotional attachment to it. And I, and I also think there are certain, you know, there are certain levels we need, like, for instance, when you need that extra boost of confidence, you need that sort of dress or something that, or outfit that's going to do that. And I think, you know, that those are the pieces that, like, when I'm shopping with a client, even if they're saying that they've got a really, really classic wardrobe, I know they need a couple of, like, real punchy pieces. And it's usually the thing that pushes them out of their comfort zone the most, but then it always turns out to be the thing that they like the most so I think you know it's I think um you do need those sort of little extra special pieces as well as the sort of basics that underpin everything yeah you've definitely have a sprinkling of magic in the wardrobe like some sort of statement yeah, yeah. I really noticed this year and I don't know if it's because I'm following the wrong people but I've everyone's dressed in the same and apparently there's been a bit of um chat about it 2022 is quite a boring year for style everyone's wearing just a Breton stripe top, a Mac, like like the kind of lists that you get in magazines. This yeah. is the capsule wardrobe you need. And I feel like everyone's wearing the same. At yeah. the I look on Instagram, it's like really safe and really kind of, and I don't know why, I thought we would have maybe been going the opposite and going all out after the pandemic. But, but maybe that's the economy think... people want the safety of those mm. sort of short things. Classic. Mm. Yeah. I think it's a combination of uh the stores being unable to read what people want because it's been locked down and the people have been safe and they've just just come in and also I think they've gone too far the other way so there's you know there's only so many people that really want a bright pink cerise pink suit Liz Truss being one of them um which you know it's all very well if you're going to a wedding but really people aren't going to wear shocking pink to work generally so I think they've gone too far the other way had they gone somewhere in the middle with like a beautiful mulberry color or something that's a bit more wearable so I think there are extremes on the high street at the moment there's so much shiny satin around but that's not good for anyone especially if you're you know perimenopausal you don't really want to be sitting in a nice lot of polyester all day so I think no they kind of need to pull themselves back into specialness every day as opposed to everyday casual monotone which I like but I think they need somewhere in between. But I think it's just because they haven't been able to read really? what's going on. Yeah. I think I think it'll be out. different next year. Yeah. Maybe I think a lot of the buyers, I was talking to someone in the shop and they said they bought a lot less because they weren't still weren't certain. So they didn't have the variety that they would normally have after the pandemic. Yeah, because if they have to buy a year in advance. So this time last year, they wouldn't have known, had a clue because we were still sort of, just emerging from lockdown they wouldn't have had a clue what to put their money into so I think that's that's part of it yeah mm. that's really interesting I love that I didn't think of that I was just thinking what's going on it's like everyone's just playing it safe yeah we are in, we are in such 
an uncertain time and we have been for a long time now it's just going on and on and on so I think it must have something psychologically to do with that but the monthly mashup is also about looking around what's been going on around us Sarah brought up a good a good one you've noticed weathermen wearing trainers and even our PM wearing trainers I could, what's what's the guy's name that you saw um, his name's Thomas Schaffernacker, and I just thought, oh, that's interesting. And I didn't realise, but apparently it's because we only used to see them sort of three-quarter length, and now they're shooting them full length. So you oh, can see they've got oh. their feet. I didn't realise that, and I thought, oh, my God. that. And I took a photo of the TV, and I put it on Instagram and said... What do you think of this look? So Thomas Schaffernacker was wearing a suit, just like, you know, a smart suit, not a, didn't look like a casual cotton suit or anything like that. A tie in like a sort of tan color, white shirt. So everything was very formal. And then he had on tan trainers and they were, you know, like smart leather trainers. They weren't sport trainers. Um, but I thought it doesn't look right personally. So I went on Instagram to see what everyone else thought and did a poll and 73% of people said, yeah, we don't like it. 23% said, yeah, actually 27%, even if my math's not very good. So they said, yeah, they um, thought, yeah, do, do what you want. But apparently he's been wearing trainers for years. It's just no one knew because <laughs> they were shooting. You can say only is he a BBC weatherman? Not yeah, BBC. yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, and then I thought, um, so the reason I thought it looked off was because A, you got a tie on with the suit. So it's like everything at the top was formal. Yeah. And then the bottom was a bit more casual. If he had on a more casual suit without a tie or maybe a sweater underneath his suit or some another bit that was casual, then I feel like it would have worked. It's just with the tie. Yeah. And the tie kind of matched the trainers, which is a bit like yeah. matching your pocket square and tie. Together, but then I saw a woman, <laughs> female newsreader whose name I can't remember, uh, wearing trainers, and I thought she looked right. But I think the thing what is, what was she wearing uh, trainers with? What, what was she? She had on like a sort of a short sleeve top, which was basically it looked like a smart version of a t-shirt. So it was I don't know what the fabric was, but it was um, it was like a t-shirt shape, right. but it was a uh, more like a um, wool or something. Um, and then matching trousers, wide leg trousers, and then trainers. And I thought, I think because the t the top looked more t-shirty, it looked a bit more casual. So I kind of thought that looked okay. I don't know. Did you did you have you noticed that? Have you seen? I them? completely agree with you. It was a tie that. Yeah. I think had it been a, a jacket, sort of trousers, and a you know a t-shirt or a sweater or something, yeah. I think it would have been fine. But the fact that he had dressed it with a tie it just just would looked off. Just it's didn't look much like one or the other. Yeah, it's too much, too much formal. Then with like throwing in the trainers, if you've got like no tie and the couple of buttons undone, then I think, yeah, it would work. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, but, it's, but this brings me very nicely, neatly into, oh, we were going to talk about Liz Trust first in trainers. Now that's a bit of a shocker. Let's do that first. Then we're going into the work dress code, the new work dress code, power casual. But even Liz was in a pair of trainers, wasn't she? Yeah, well, I noticed her. Yeah, in an interview, and I, I was quite shocked. And I, maybe I shouldn't be because that's sort of you know maybe that's the way forward. But yeah, I just never seen. Apparently, um, Theresa May used to wear leopard print trainers. I didn't. I never remember seeing those. But I just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think it's absolutely fine because you know I think they look smart. They weren't scarfed. They weren't work with her outfit. They you know I've got no 
problem at all with trainers. And I think what's worse is the fact that women feel that they'd had to, you know, wear comfortable shoes to work and then change into heels at the desk. I'm sort of quite pleased that we don't have to live up to those impractical sort of expectations of switching. So I'm I'm all for it, but I, I think it's all about the right setting. I mean, she was a sort of fairly, like she was at an interview, inter being interviewed wasn't she or so I think that's fine I think had she maybe been on a sort of select committee or doing a presentation or prime minister's questions then maybe not and I think that that's the same throughout anybody's wardrobe male or female you need to respect the situation don't you I think you know a tie if it's appropriate you know proper shoes doesn't necessarily have to be heels but if if the occasion sort of warrants it really I mean, it's what you're comfortable in as well, like you say. I mean, I'm a massive trainer fan. I could just live and die in trainers. And some people just wouldn't entertain that. They would think they would just feel wrong. They would feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. For them, they want a nice shoe. Go for it. You know, it's, it's just what you're comfortable in. I mean, they, you know, there are certain places you can't wear trainers like the Ritz. <laughs> you can't yeah. go to the Ritz in trainers, yeah. right? But it's like, the only place now. You can't go in trainers. Not that I go to the Ritz, like, ever. <laughs> I think I went there once about 30 years ago um but yeah it's it's just um being appropriate for the occasion but definitely just wearing what you're what makes you feel you and yeah. feel comfortable yeah I think the difference sorry Liz. Sorry. sorry Sarah go on you go uh, I think it's the difference between wearing sort of smarter leather trainers than sports trainers you'd actually do sport in isn't it yeah era, wearing sports trainers like gym trainers I've seen guys doing that quite a lot because I don't think they realize so they'll have they're their chinos on and whatever and then they've got like the sort of trainers you'd go and do a run in yeah yeah should really be like more like a nice pair of nikes or a nice pair of adidas yeah those leather ones not some like literal gym trainers mm. yeah i agree i think they've got to be the right trainers so i think liz liz trust were sort of leather or leather white trainers white. which i think in the work situation they're if you're not sure and you're not working for a sort of you know a probably a, a less relaxed dress code company like a tech company and they're probably the, the best bet I would say I've got oh, a yeah. few clients are civil servants and they do wear sort of those sort of smarter trainers so a nice pair of like white leather really nice and clean trainers works doesn't it for the office yeah like the Axel Arigato ones I'd yeah. say generally mm. they're, they're, they're quite good all round yeah, I think that, and I like the sound of the weather woman with some wide leg trousers and trainers. And yeah, I, I thought it looks good. Yeah, good blend. Right. Well, this does bring me into the so the media are coining this phrase. So, work dress code. So obviously, we were sitting at home in the pandemic, wearing jogging bottoms. It was a novelty, all of that stuff. Now mm. people have gone back into the office. I'm hearing more and more people saying, "Our firm is insisting now people are in the office. There's no need for them to be at home." They need to come in three to four days a week now. So employers are starting to really push it back up. And the media have been coining the new dress code is called power casual. And I was thinking, how is that not just smart casual? Because they, <laughs> they come up with these new things to keep us interested, right? And these yeah. the power casual is about just sort of um it's gone from the pandemic, but it's about mixing something casual with something smart, like we've just been talking about. So like the, the trousers with the trainers, that kind of thing. So what? Do, how do you think a good way, how can people do that? How can they achieve that? What about guys, Sarah? 
Um, I think it is. I mean, to me, it sounds exactly like smart casual. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think you've got to get that balance right between the amount, like not just putting on, you know, uh, I don't know, like a really casual outfit, say jeans and scruffy, scruffy jeans and a T-shirt. And then you put some smart shoes on with it because that's too much sort of one part is really casual. One part is really smart. So you've kind of got to come into the middle. So if you're going to have on uh suits say like we were just talking about if it's a more casual suit so it's kind of like a bit unstructured and you've got like a piece of knitwear or something underneath then your trainers will go with it but it's just about finding that balance of the pieces so they're not too far down the smart sort of end of things so a very structured blazer or or your your suit jacket kind of with scruffy jeans it just doesn't work it's got to be like a slightly more casual blazer maybe with patch pockets with smarter jeans and smarter trainers or maybe sort of um brogues or something like that so it's kind of you you can't take a piece from a really the really casual end of casual and the really smart end and put them together that doesn't work it's got to be somewhere sort of in the middle. So it's got to be the smarter end of casual and the more casual end of formal, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, well, I think that like with the Italian, the Spanish and the French do it perfectly. Yeah. They, they you know, look on Pinterest at some looks there, I think, because that's for me. But what about you, Sally? What do you think? But I agree with Sarah. I think I think power casual is just another word for smart casual, which, you know, smart casual is a massive umbrella. And I think you probably do it with your clients. It's, it's, it's thinking about what you do in the day to day as to how smart casual your wardrobe is. So, you know, smart casual for dress down Friday um you know it wouldn't be for me like if it's called if it's a smart casual dress code it would probably still be a pair of jeans and a sweater but smart casual if you're doing a presentation and you want to look and and you want to look smart would probably be wearing um you know a really smart pair of jeans uh, a smart blazer you know and proper shoes maybe and a you know and a nice t-shirt so I think and, and also accessories like for I accessories for me are really good like um you know just having a scarf around your neck again elevates a a smart casual outfit to look a bit more special or wearing a nice necklace so I think um with my like some people are always in a smart casual environment I think they find it hard to look professional and senior that's what I find so there there are those elements I think um like I suppose if I had to call a few pieces that are power casual pieces it would be a blazer it would be you know accessories it would be sort of smart jeans uh you know maybe a nice sort of uh blouse that you could wear with casual trousers so it is about mixing those pieces but I think yeah just making sure that you elevate them as well so they you're taking it a notch up so just have a bit of attention to detail yeah make it look uh, make it look a bit more elevated so I think a brand that's doing this quite well at the moment for women is uh, Me and M. I think they. Funny, I knew you going to say that. Yeah, yeah I they agree. do it well. However, they're so. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but they're, they're, they've become so popular that I think you run a risk of going to a meeting and you're wearing the same. Mm. And it's quite oh, their yeah. colours and the striped trousers they used to do. I don't know if they still do them. Um, are quite sort of uh, stand out, aren't they? They, they are. They are. Can, 
yeah. so you can kind of tell that it's maybe a me and them piece. Well, Rixo is another brand, you know, that's sort of that I can tell a Rixo dress. Yeah. It's and I think they've gone a bit too samey Rixo. I think they're lovely dresses, but they're just one type of dress, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the shapes don't work on me, actually. I've tried a lot of their dresses on and lots of them don't. The shapes don't work on me. But um, I've, the other one is dress for you. So a lot of companies now say, so we so we all agree, we think power casual. I mean, it's just the same, exactly the same. As <laughs> a new word. <laughs> yeah. To keep us interested. But there's <laughs> dress for your day, which I think makes perfect sense. So if you are going into the office, you haven't got any meetings, you've got an admin day, where you're clearing stuff you can go in with your trainers your smart jeans so I'd always keep it a bit elevated in the workplace if I want to look senior and professional and all of those sorts of things um but then the next day I've got four meetings and a presentation dress for your day then you wear yeah. your power dress and if you want your heels or whatever so I think that's the most helpful dress code do you yeah and I think that gives people a, a little bit of um you know independence and to use their own common sense which you would find most people would I mean I do, I think you know the strict dress codes of the past of you know wear tights wear heels and you know that sort of thing is just archaic and yeah I definitely think it makes more sense to dress for the day I mean I can't believe we haven't done this before but yeah it's it as it should be I'd say the, the only thing that I think is, I think it's a great advice, but I think sometimes it's quite confusing. And I was just thinking of a guy that I saw on the tube and I thought maybe he got confused. He had on a rugby shirt, a, a smart sort of, I think it was black actually, blazer, which was a bit shiny, but it looked very sort of very formal over the top. Mm -hmm. um, so have, I think he had on some very screwed up looking chinos on the bottom with some red socks which didn't go with the stripe and the t-shirt and they it randomly didn't seem to go with anything and then some quite formal shoes and I thought there's a guy <laughs> that got a bit confused with the with the business casual dress code or the power casual dress code I don't know maybe he just finished playing rugby and didn't bother to change the <laughs> who knows I have no idea I kind of wanted to take a photo but I would love to have talked to him and dissected that outfit with him as to why he had that outfit on I'd like to know what sort of day he was having yeah. <laughs> maybe he had a good maybe he'd got lucky the night before and he was just yeah, exactly it might have been the outfit of shame yeah. that he'd had on after his rugby <laughs> <laughs> he'd managed to get a pair of smart trousers and go straight into work you never know but it wasn't a good look let's put it that way but yeah so I think people can it can get confused that's the only thing yeah. it's not like that leaves it all up to you and I think I mean I find with a lot of my clients they prefer to just have a suit the whole time it's just so much easier isn't it it's like yeah fail safe just put that on with this whole business casual smart casual power casual whatever you like to call it it kind of requires a bit more thought as to does that jacket go with those trousers and then what shirt do I put underneath it and it requires more thought and I think they would rather not have that to do which is where we all come in but exactly. um, it's hard to get it yeah. right you can end up looking too yeah. casual or too formal or yeah. like rugby guy just <laughs> a complete mishmash so, yeah. something I hate is that when men wear um I'm going to sound really horrible here but when they wear sort of jeans with really smart like office shoes with jeans yeah yeah my husband was wearing in some new shoes around the house and he had his um 
she probably she's on these jeans and I was like I can't look at you I can't oh yeah <laughs> so I feel like I'm going out of a geezer I was just like I can't <laughs> Off, off it's duty. Not a nice look. It's not it's like a nice off duty look. banker. I call it. You get a lot of it in um, Wimbledon Village. Do you? Yeah. It's not. It's not. Um, it's no, not a good just, look. No. Just like basically, their work shoes, work shirt, but with a pair of jeans. I had a client like that because he just didn't know how. It was a very, very classic dresser. He just didn't know how to dress down. Yeah, he was classic. happy in his suit, but at the weekends he did exactly that: formal shirt, formal shoes, jeans. I do think some people just can't sort of move on, like, you know, or don't want to. Like, my mum still doesn't, even though she looks good in jeans, I mean, she's only a size 10, she will never wear jeans out. She Like, she just doesn't. Yeah, and I just think she could, but she doesn't want to. And I, um, and funny that I bumped into the lady who I did the styling course with, um, and she always wears heels, like she's a personal stylist. And she had big oh. heels on. I was thinking, how do you run around like in the changing room and that? I just don't understand it. But you know, that I'm going back 15 years, and I just thought by now, surely she's got a pair of trainers. But no, she's still I still see her up and down, sort of, you know, the shops, and she's still running around or not running around in heels. So yeah, I don't I think it's just a Sometimes it's a mindset thing of people just seeing, you know, trainers are to, trainers for the gym. I don't want to wear trainers, but I, I think that they're in the minority really now, aren't they? Those sorts of people. I think they are. I mean, God, I could, my back would be ruined if I ran around and might do my job in the hill. I couldn't do it. I couldn't oh, do no, it. No, me neither. I'd be in tears, like in pain. Yeah, exactly. There, there was a, I'll never forget. I went just a little story to end with. It's been a good chat. Thank you. I went... Um, with this very famous image consultant who's written lots of books and she summoned me to a meeting about 10 maybe 12 years ago and I was really excited I was thinking wow she's like a superstar image consultant I won't say her name she's not got initials with (laughs) she didn't wear she wasn't wearing heels I was going to say her company's not initialed is it um it might be yes okay I'll I'll tell you after we've stopped all right then (laughs) <laughs> trouble but she she just she just sort of said to me what how old are you and I, I think I was like I don't know how old I was I was about 37 or something 37 she said, well, why have you still got long hair and I was like <laughs> oh, really you need, have, you, you need your hair cut in a bob once you get past 35 and that's that's literally what she said to me and I was just like oh my god like you're literally like the most famous image consultant and you're telling people they have to have a bob after a certain age I mean I just it was just went against everything that I but it made me realize what I stand for which is finding people's inner kind of style and not saying you have to dress you know it's yes. not really about that it's not about being bossy and telling people they have to dress there isn't only one way to do it and it's about sort of finding what really speaks to you but also dressing for your environment you know those sorts of things to make it more personalized yeah it's not prescri- it's not a prescription you know it's not no. a, otherwise we would you know it wouldn't we wouldn't have jobs if it was that easy that you could just go out and buy a book and tick off the things that you had to have in your wardrobe it's, it's not like that and I don't know if you've ever seen I don't know there's a I, I've seen it with clients where they've shown me books that they've done for I don't know who it is and I don't want to slander them anyway but um you know that they're they're given they've done some sort of personal stylist session with a sort of you know a person and then they're given these books of 
you know, you wear dirndl skirts, you wear these blouses, and they're all like little sketches of like, oh, yeah. yes. And, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's just so confusing. I've, I was given one of those books as well, way back, yeah, and it's got like raglan sleeves, dolmen sleeves, this, yeah. and all different, it's so confusing. Yeah. You've got to go more intuitively with the person, you know, what, what works on them, what works on paper on two people, so they're the same height, size, you know, body shape, all of these things, right? So on paper, they should be, look the same in the same dress. They can look completely different in the same dress. Yeah. What's their their essence, their style, personality? It's actually really fascinating. It's like that magic bit that you can't. It's not tangible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not as it's not a prescription, is it? It's not. Yeah. Which is why I think it's it. it I've, I've been asked a couple of times about services like Stitch Fix, and I'm. It, it's, it's it's a completely different service. You know, it's like getting a recipe book and cooking something yourself like I just think it's not the same as someone doing it for you and you know knowing where to get the stuff so I think uh, you know it works in a minimal capacity like if you just need a couple of things but if you look at any reviews for you know something like Stitch Fix on Trustpilot you know there's a lot of people that are really disappointed because you know I think they think it's going to be a whole new wardrobe overhaul and it isn't because it's at the end of the day it is ticking boxes you know linking description against what's there and and hoping that some of it sticks and works but like you were saying that's not necessarily the case like on paper things should work but they don't necessarily work because it's all the different nuances and also it's just knowing where to get them as well you know knowing where to get the clothes that's what we yeah. do my assistant works for my assistant who helps with my wardrobe edit she works for look hero which is another oh, yeah. stitch fix she's told me how it works she's targeted to do four boxes an hour right so she has to style each person in 15 minutes wow okay and and then she gets in loads of trouble if she doesn't hit these targets so she's not really styling she's kind of going a top a pair of trousers a jumper and it's kind of all the sort of same stuff yeah. but they and, do you know they do their own stuff stitch fix actually manufacture so i think you know as opposed to us being completely unbiased and going out and getting the best thing it's in their interest to sell their own products, which I think, again, puts a different slant on it. And I don't think that's necessarily in the public domain that people know that, that they're actually buying their own manufactured range. So, you know, that's how they operate, these, these online styling companies. It can't be personalised. The stylists are choosing from a factory as well online. They're not actually, they don't even see the clothes. Yeah. They don't ever see the clothes. It's just literally on a computer ticking. Mm. Person needs a jumper, a dress, a skirt, stick it in a box for 15 minutes, next client, next client. That that is what it's like. And if you if you don't, if you just want some clothes, then it yeah. works. And I think if you're looking for one, you know, one item or something, then yeah, you've probably got a, a chance of, you know, I think what is it like 16, I think you get or something like that working. And I, and I think to just to you know I think the the client needs to have their expectations managed that it isn't going to be a, a whole new wardrobe it's you know it's two completely different services I think to what we it's offer. not inside out advice that lasts you know because we're, no. we're working with an individual in real life and we, we go to the actual shops and find the actual clothes yeah and, and also understand the nuances of 
the wardrobe as in what they actually need it to do you know like you know they need to walk to the station they need comfortable things for a Friday they need to go out in the evening on a Saturday that's the sort of thing that we do we match their life to to their wardrobe don't we yeah exactly much more personalized right that was brilliant thank you ladies thanks for coming thank you for having us I hope you enjoyed this month's episode of the monthly mashup with Sally and Sarah there and I'm going to put their details in the show notes below thank you so much for listening as always please do leave me a review and subscribe it really really helps this podcast to stay in the charts and for me to keep on doing it and if you want to work with me in real life there are a couple of ways you can work with me I can come actually to your house and edit your wardrobe and then we go shopping to have a refresh if you're outside of London or outside of the UK even I can work with you online if you would like to find out more about this drop me an email lisa at lisagilbystyle.com or come over to instagram at lisagilbystylist and let's pick up the conversation there and I'll see you next time